what if someone has spent th three years working with NASA, going in the G-Force spinning machine and going in the Vomit Comet and learning about, uh, I don't know, orbits and fuel burns and stuff like that. And their name is on the list to go around to the dark side of the moon in a year. Are they not an astronaut yet? Before you go to space, you're just a nerd. And then you hit, the, <laughs> and then you get to like, you go past our friggin' atmosphere or whatever. And it's like, oh, he's mm. a hero. He's an astronaut. But up until that point, it's like, he's a nerd with a weird gym membership. Disturbing the peace with some peace of mind. Sleeping in jeans, I'ma need a night. OD on a cheap advice. OC on the cheapest flight. Lately, I've been on the move trying to get to something. But I told her I've been running just to see the sights. You notice anything different? I do notice something different. I was going to ask. Whoa! Remote controlled RGB? Did they do something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know how other podcasts, since it's an audio format, have soundboards? Mm hmm. I thought. The best thing for a podcast would be custom lights <laughs> so that when I'm happy, wow. I can make it green. That's brilliant. And then when I'm mad, I could make it red. And every time you do it, I'll have to say, for the audio listeners, Schaefer's light in the background <laughs> yeah. just went green and then it went back to red. Oh, and now it's blue. <laughs> yeah, dude. Wow. And am but, I right that that's just like a random home depot light fixture back there that doesn't really look like a video light yeah no i replaced all the light bulbs in my house with those aperture ones that you can control oh. like the color temperature yeah they're made for practicals so you can like yeah. turn them down and change the color temperature and everything so they're actually super sick and i'm obsessed with them now and so i got one and i was like well Guess I'm going to get them as many as I need now because they're so sick. So when I walk in, I have all these presets so I can set it to reading mode at my house. Ooh. And then I can set it to like, yeah, filming mode at my, yeah, it's sick. Oh, that's brilliant. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, and they're not battery powered. They run off. Well, do they no, have they a run battery? Off the, they have a battery in them. So you can take, if you like have a, if you have a, like a lamp on a set or whatever, and there's nowhere to plug it in, you could just put them in and turn them on. And they have, I think like an hour battery, but then if you just screw them into the, a normal fixture, then they get powered by the fixture and charge. Oh my God. I don't know why I have never heard of them, but they're the best thing Dude, Aperture makes, I think. I've heard of them and I've seen them. And when I saw them, I was like, Oh, those look really cool. And then I just never even thought of them till now to the point where I even bought just some random smart bulbs uh, when I should have been going with those this whole time. That's brilliant. It's kind of funny. I was like laughing because I was like, dang, these are so sick. And if they marketed them as other than video lights, if they just marketed them as like the sickest smart bulbs, they would yeah. sell like hotcakes, which Dude, is super a funny. Light but... bulb with a battery and it's a crazy idea. Um, I know. Man, just, uh, I don't know. I guess just Add that to the endless list of things that you do that I copy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, well, the only reason I did it is because I was trying to defeat the tax man, so. Mm, man, yeah. I, I didn't need him, but. I blew it and missed out on my window to go on a tax shopping spree. It was, but... it was a good day, and look at me, and it made me feel, <laughs> it made me feel happy. <laughs> 
For the audio listener, Schaefer's light bulb turned green. <laughs> Is green really happy? Isn't green the color of envy? Oh yeah, and What's also, happy? oh why, here we go. Wait, why? No. Why is that? I love you. Jake. Oh money. <laughs> <laughs> now it's pink. <laughs> What's black? Off. Oh, that's just fill in the blank. Uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah, and then what I'll probably do is I'll put one outside my house. And then I'll have recording mode, so there's a red light outside my house, so people don't oh, have to come in. Dude, that's sick. Wow. That's so yeah. so smart. <laughs> I love it. Man. Well, we'll start things off with a digital high five, and I'll set it to red mode, um, because Jake <laughs> uploaded a sick video today called R. Oh, yeah. No reason it's called R. No, people don't know yet, I guess. Yeah, by the time this comes out, they'll all be out, so they'll know. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, so <laughs> today was R, tomorrow's G, <laughs> <laughs> and the day after will be B. <laughs> Do I even need to tell the audio listener at this point what you're doing? I'm pretty sure that <laughs> the audio listeners can put two and two together and know what you're doing right now. <laughs> But let's talk about R for a second. <laughs> oh, man. It was sick. I was Thanks. so sick. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I feel it, like I could have a, I would, I feel, well, I feel like I could have a, a conversation about specific shots that might not be nearly as podcast friendly. So maybe I'll save that for another time. But lo, all you need to know, my dear listener, is it was sick. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. That, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just, that's always my favorite type of video to make every year. Cause just, it's so fun to like go through and look at what I've shot over the year. And I don't know. I just really enjoy that every year. It's one of those videos that's just fully for me. Um, yeah. when I make a year recap and yeah, this year I was stoked to kind of have like a little more story in my head of splitting it up into this three-part series and like have a story in my head, but still at the end of the day, it's just like, I just want to make videos that are really fun to make. If people get the loose story, great. If they don't, that's also fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been, it's been super fun. Just a fun little, uh, I don't know. It's fun to just get to fully edit something selfishly you know yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah, not yeah, a, sure. not have to talk well, in a video not the, have to add any value or anything yeah dude <laughs> yeah that is that's a luxury for sure and it, yeah probably a little bit of a once a year kind of thing yeah but yeah. i was like blown away that it's only one out of three is out right now because the first one was like far beyond my expectations so oh um, I'm Thanks, just, man. dude, I just keep looking at my clock like, is it tomorrow yet? Is it tomorrow yet? <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, I definitely put the most work into R, so don't worry. It's all downhill from here. It's just going to be two more disappointments after today. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sold. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, because I started working on R and I was going back and forth. I was like, man, do I just make this a year recap video or do I make it just R? So anyway, I put a bunch of time yeah. into R and then G and B. Literally after we're done recording this podcast, I have a lot more editing to do on G 
and then tomorrow <laughs> I gotta finish B. So, it's, oh um, my god, that's it's I very. Would I would have waited till I friggin' finished to do that, but <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> My brain doesn't work that way. I I was going to say, I have always been so impressed that you will have a video done like four or five days before you post it. I don't think Dang, I've, yeah. I don't think I've ever posted a video and not been working on it until like two or 3 a.m. the day before it goes live. Dang. Just, yeah, just, no, I'm big. I'm big camp on it vibes because also... That gives you a chance to like hate it enough that by the time you upload it, you don't feel bad when it bombs. <laughs> <laughs> That's one reason. Like, yeah, I hated that. I, I've hated that video for five days now. <laughs> well, I should I should take that advice just because the amount of times I've been delusional finishing a video at three or four a.m. and then posting it and then seeing it the next day, realizing some massive mistake I made or realizing that the <laughs> colors are horrible because yeah, it was too late and I wasn't paying attention. I, yeah. I don't know. But for some reason I just have to do it that way. I have to be like, yeah. it's going up tomorrow, whether you like it or not. So you better finish. Otherwise I'll just endlessly tinker. Dang. Well, I also have a, a higher tier on my channel membership that makes it so people get videos early. So I feel like, if I don't get it done like semi like early, then it's I'm sort of like ripping some people off. But usually that's like two days before. <laughs> mm. So yeah, yeah, but I feel like you I feel like you were, had them done early even before you had membership. I feel like you've always been good at yeah yeah. I don't think I I've never done the thing where like I finish a video and then upload it like the next day. I don't think I've ever done that. I think. Oh. It's as much a part of the process is to let it sit for a couple of days and see if I still like it. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's self-destructive because I end up not liking it pretty much always. <laughs> hmm. So I don't know. Man, I certainly see pros and cons to both. <laughs> and yeah, now I'm, yeah, that's true. Now I'm mildly regretting not even being done with the video that I have to finish editing tonight. But hey, that's the way it goes. Good. That's just what I want. This podcast is all about how can we make Jake feel regret? <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> um, I started by complimenting your video and we ended with you feeling regretful about making them at all. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I knew it was all. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough of all of the light talk and practical discussion and YouTube discussion. I feel like we should dive into what the people are really here for. And that's okay. space news. Space news. <laughs> Dang, back to back space news. Yeah, there's been some big developments this week in space news corner. Um, I'm very curious. <laughs> Blue is for curious. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this week in space news, the patriarchy is back at it bigger than ever before, dude. They kicked the girl off. But, I mean, if you thought the moon landing conspiracies were big, now it's getting juicy. Um, oh, they God. didn't they didn't kick the girl off of the mission, but of the dark side of the moon trip, <laughs> of the dark side of the moon sightseeing loop. Um, yeah, but. Turns out 
Lockheed Martin is conveniently having battery issues after some vibration tests. So uh, the moon mission is delayed until further notice, or that one is at least. Um, oh my gosh. So, what a so convenient first they said, devel development. Yeah, we'll take you to the moon. And then they said, actually, maybe we should just go around the moon. And now they're saying, mm, yeah, we, we vibrated the battery and it's not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You try. Look, you vibrate the battery. You see what happens. <laughs> you want to go up there with a bad battery? You go for it. We're staying yeah, down here. Yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's great. They're totally gaslighting them too. They're like, oh yeah, like the moon. Yeah, you'll be on the moon. We never said you'd be on the moon. We said you'd see on the moon. <laughs> We never yeah. said you were going to the moon at all. <laughs> yeah. And poor lady. It turns should, out this we was should like get a, her on this podcast. We should. Oh, that's a good idea. That'd be sick. The astronaut to be. If anyone has any connections <laughs> to the astronaut to be. Yeah. And also if an astronaut spent their time on our podcast, I would have serious concerns about our space programs. <laughs> yeah for real also it'd just be funny because like it wouldn't be interviewing an astronaut it's interviewing someone who might possibly get to be an astronaut so it would be exactly how we talk about movies it would be like so what do you think the moon's like <laughs> do you have to go to space to be an astronaut i think so i don't think there's any grounded i don't think there's any astronauts who are afraid of heights or zero gravity yeah i truly don't <laughs> i really I, don't i don't either but i don't think you have to go to space to be an astronaut i think i think you can be an astronaut and not have gone to space yet so are you trying to tell me astronaut is somewhat of a mindset <laughs> yeah a hundred percent right on <laughs> um I'm going to need a little bit more clarification on the fact that you don't think an astronaut needs to go to space. Well, I'm not saying they don't need to go to space. I'm just saying I think you can be an astronaut and not have yet been to space. Like, I think if, you're, if your name is it's on It's like saying the... you can be a sailor that's never been to the sea. Mm. The only thing an astronaut is categorized by in my head as far as lore, as far as childhood lore, what do you want to be an astronaut, is I get to go to space. That's like, that's like the bullet point. That's the yeah. one bullet point. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. But what if someone, what if someone has spent th three years working with NASA, going in the G-Force spinning machine and going in the Vomit Comet and learning about, uh, I don't know, orbits and fuel burns and stuff like that. And their name is on the list to go around to the dark side of the moon in a year. Are they not an astronaut yet? Like, do you not get your astronaut um, card no. until you've actually <laughs> taken off? No. I think they have the world's weirdest gym membership at that point. That's sort of all they can really say they have. <laughs> But unless you're in space, <laughs> okay. So it's, it's funny like... too, because it's funny too, because before you go to space, you're just a nerd, and then you hit, the, <laughs> and then you get to like you go past our 
friggin' atmosphere or whatever. And it's like, oh, he's mm. a hero. He's an astronaut. But up until that point, it's like, he's a nerd with a weird gym membership. <laughs> And so this is exactly like YouTubers that call themselves filmmakers, isn't it? Like that person that's training to go to Don't space. Go there. Is, <laughs> that person that's training to go to space is calling themselves an astronaut. And all the other ones that have been to space have been like, this kook over here is calling himself an astronaut. He hasn't even been to space yet. Is that the same thing? I think. Dude. <laughs> I think. Like, I are think you not a filmmaker until you've made again. a film? I <laughs> Um, I think, I, I think, I think the, the goalpost for filmmaker has changed more in the last year than ever before because, man, do I, how do I want to formulate this thought? You trapped me. You tricked me into talking about <laughs> filmmaker I trapped you, but I think it helps, again. I think it helps your point of view. Oh, shoot. I'm losing you. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> No, I was thinking you're not losing me. I was just I've, I I had a real life lag. I think. Um, gosh, I think I I think I was listening to um, Joel Haver talk about filmmaking, and I don't know if anyone has a low bar for what is and isn't filmmaking. Joel Haver probably has the lowest bar. He makes like sketch comedy videos and everything, and he's said he thinks if you've taken a Snapchat video, then you're a filmmaker. Um, so his bar is a little bit lower than mine, but he had a really good point, which is that essentially the whole layout of film school is you go through the school, you are, you have to make your like dissertation or whatever, which at the end of the year is like the one film you make your whole, your whole film school journey is building up to the one short film you make. And then you try and get it into festivals, um, because you've spent more than, you know, you spent your whole freaking school career working on this one video in your head. Since you put so much effort into it, it's worth the Sundance or the Tribeca or the Cannes Film Festival or whatever. You enter into all these things. Then you find out there's no room for you in any of those festivals. They don't accept you into any of them. And then you quit. And then you start from scratch. You say, okay, well, I guess I'll just start from the bottom. And you get a job as a PA. And then as a PA, you basically work horrible jobs for years and years and years and years until hopefully someone gives you an opportunity to make the screenplay that you wrote eight years ago in film school. And that is the classical definition of a historic filmmaker is someone who goes through all that. And up until that point, they've only ever really made one thing. And YouTube is tricky because it's a new definition of the thing. It's like, I don't know if you make a three minute video and you put your heart and soul into it, but you publish it, and you make, I don't know, like 40 of those. Is that the same as making one short film and taking four years to do it? I don't know. I just think the goalpost has moved so much, especially since YouTube filmmaking is like a full subcategory now. Like there are YouTubers who are very much like essayists or vloggers or whatever, but YouTube filmmaking is its own genre. And I've almost kind of changed my mind about this. And I think... I think YouTube is filmmaking. I, and I feel like wow. I previously have not thought that. Yeah. And maybe the only reason I'm changing my opinion is because unless you're in space, <laughs> you're not, you're an, not astronaut. an astronaut. Unless right, you made that's a my movie. monologue of the podcast. <laughs> I'm wow. Done now. Okay. You're cutting out a little bit, but I'm pretty sure I got most of it. I'm... I'm surprised. We haven't talked about that in a while because that is not what I expected your opinion to be about people calling themselves filmmakers. 
I know. I know. Um, I feel like I've 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 changed my mind somewhat. Yeah. I think my caveat would be if you're a student in film school and you make one film project and you're calling yourselves a filmmaker, that's probably a little soon to call yourself a filmmaker. Like like if you hmm I think I don't know. I don't know because if you do one painting, I think you're a painter because you painted. Yeah, that's true. I guess. I guess what I was getting at with that train of thought was, yeah, maybe like once you made that film, sure. But I think if you're a PA on set or uh, whatever, if you're just an assistant on set for years and years, I don't think you would call yourself a filmmaker, would you? You would call yourself a PA or a aspiring yeah, filmmaker. probably well yeah i think that goes in line with what i'm saying though is that like the term filmmaker is such a like coveted thing that it's kind of a little it's a little gatekeepy in that way where it's like oh you haven't been a pa on set oh you haven't been a gaffer oh you haven't been oh, an electrician you You're haven't been real... to space yet you haven't taken off in the rocket yet <laughs> <laughs> you've only gone in the vomit comet You've only gone in the G-Force machine. <laughs> I think I have conflicting opinions about these two things because... <laughs> I don't know. Like, as far as... Well, I'm going to have to tackle these separately now. <laughs> as far as the... As far as the... Um, as far as the filmmaker thing is concerned, I think some of Joel Haver's videos have really been changing my mind lately because another thing that he says is that... Um, if you if you are trying to keep people out of filmmaking because it's too crowded or it's there's too many people doing it or whatever, you don't want to see it become more and more of a thing. He's like, then you're on the wrong side of history because if you are a creative person making creative work, then you should be only excited that other people are participating in this beautiful art form that's changed your life. And I feel similarly now about the filmmaker thing. It's like, I don't know. My whole shtick with the outdoor industry, let me open a third door, <laughs> has been the outdoor industry is like mega gatekeepy and they all say they're not, which is really annoying. And maybe there's a little bit of that in filmmaking too. It's like maybe everyone is a filmmaker. What if everyone is? What if the answer is everyone? Everyone hmm. has a phone with a video camera. Whoa. Dude, you know what's then crazy? What? You know who made a video with that exact conclusion probably seven years ago six or seven years ago i'm scared to ask. long before you said it long before joel haver said it uh it's a small little youtuber known by the name of casey neistat oh okay, okay. <laughs> i thought you were gonna say someone else oh no <laughs> yeah casey honestly <laughs> probably my favorite casey video ever uh basically draws that exact same conclusion it's talking mm. about how like stupid the gatekeepers and the old guard is. And it's like, if you pick up a camera and make something newsflash, you're a filmmaker or something like that. Yeah. 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 I think as I grow older and wiser, maybe I tend to lean more towards it. Not saying Casey Neistat's wise. He is old though. <laughs> At, but, my, but maybe I'm shifting my opinion a little <laughs> gotta, bit. Gotta get his jabs in before he agrees with him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like I am with you and I've kind of been on that page more or less for a while, but I also feel like I personally 
I personally like the distinction between internet filmmaker and filmmaker only because of my personal aspirations. Like yeah. I don't want to call myself a filmmaker until I've made something with a crew on a set that is a, and a bunch of corpo dirtbags tell you it's good. <laughs> sell no, it to A24. Not even that. It can still just be a YouTube video. But I have not yeah. made a YouTube video that's a cohesive story with actors and a set and a what I would call a production, you know? So if you have a production and a crew and a set and then you upload it to YouTube, is it not internet filmmaking? Yeah, I think it is, but I just would feel more comfortable calling myself a filmmaker after that versus yeah. just calling myself a internet video maker or internet filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah, true. Know. Sometimes sometimes I wonder though. Okay, this is going to sound maybe a little bit self-congratulatory, okay? So excuse excuse me. But my assumption when getting into videos was that you had to know everything. You have to know lighting. You have to know sound. You have to know after effects. You have to know how to shoot it and edit and everything. So I just have learned everything. And there are a lot of people who would need five people to do what I do. And that's not because that's like the historical way filming has been taught. It's just because I didn't know most people always work with teams and have an advantage of the sense of like, oh, we have a guy who knows everything about audio. So audio goes through him. And we know a guy that has everything to do with lighting. But what I think a lot of YouTube internet filmmakers sort of have not known while learning all this stuff is that one person doesn't do everything and yet we do everything. Yeah. So that's why I feel like it's changing. It's like, the justification of saying, oh, I have a crew to me is like kind of just like saying like, oh, I need a red camera. It's like, it's kind of just yeah. this thing that's expected. Mm -hmm. And I'm disagreeing more and more with the idea of, of needing all that stuff. I think like, I think like if you're, if you're leveling up big time and you have a big budget and a big idea and you need all that stuff, great. But I don't feel like I'm going to look down on anything I've made over the last couple of years because mm -hmm. I didn't have a crew or I didn't yeah. have a producer or a, yeah. in fact, if anything, it's like, I'm probably more proud of the fact that it's independently everything that I have accumulated in my brain over the last 15 years yeah. is now coming in into a place where people are like, Oh, I love this. <laughs> How sick is that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it, I feel like it, I feel like it minimizes what you already do so much to say, Oh, I don't have a fucking gaffer. <laughs> yeah. You already gaff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. You may have you may have fully swayed me the rest of the way because yeah, even then I would say that you know the final hang up I would have is not feeling like at this point I haven't made any narrative piece. You know, I haven't mm -hmm. made something with actors. But even in that case, if someone only made feature length documentaries their whole life. Like a documentary isn't a acted out set thing, you know, but yeah, you yeah. wouldn't hesitate to call them a filmmaker. So yeah, I think you're right. For and sure. And for both, for you and against that point, for you and I's genre, it's like, okay, it's not documentary. It's not narrative. Like, I don't really know exactly what word you would use to describe the style of videos we make, but it's like back, you know, less than a hundred years ago, like a narrative film wasn't a thing. <laughs> so it's like, I don't yeah. know. I just, I just kind of get the sense. That it's like, 
this is very new. All of this is super new. And if what we're doing has a name down the road and we look back and we're laughing like, oh, we didn't think we were filmmakers and we were making uh, (laughs) (laughs) scorpion style films, then... I don't know. I just think it's all so fresh it's, and new. And it's like YouTube wow. in and of itself, like YouTube filmmaking, internet filmmaking. And this is completely different than what I originally thought. Like this time yeah. last year, I was on the other I side of the I did not expect fence, this to be your mindset. I just think I'm seeing, I'm seeing so much creativity and stuff happen on YouTube where I'm just like, how did they think of that? That's crazy. Then I'm like, this is art. This is fully mm. art. At the, and Previously, I don't think I would go to YouTube for art. I would go to, and I'm even looking back on some of the stuff I like more, or I have traditionally liked more, like the Vimeo and everything, and all this big budget stuff. And it honestly is less interesting to me now because it's less like grassroots. It's less, like, I don't know. I kind of like the term indie or yeah, indie filmmaking um, because it's it's like indie music. It's like it's it's gritty and it's shitty and there's mistakes and i'm kind of into that now i don't know yeah and all yeah. of this like big budget you have like the ari fresnel things that are sky they're like our sky panels on freaking cranes and you're shooting a daylight scene at 3 a.m in the morning and you have enough lights to make it look good it's like i don't know it's not as scrappy and i'm kind of into scrappy vibes now yeah yeah it's true i mean all that stuff is sick it still gets me really stoked but what you're saying earlier is so true about <laughs> having to learn it all. And I think I, I think for a long time, I really underestimated just how true that is, you know, as, as someone who literally learned everything they know from YouTube and came from engineering. So I have zero background in traditional filmmaking. That's always been like a, um, I guess in insecurity and thinking like, man, I don't know shit about how a set works or anything. And anytime I talk to friends of mine that have made feature films or have worked on sets of big productions or anything, they're like, dude, you could do 99% of those jobs. If anything, spend one or two days on a set and you'll instantly get how it works. And like, you know, it wouldn't be that hard to pick up any of those elements. So, and yeah, I mean, that, that sounds really cocky, not to say I would excel at any of those jobs. It's just that I would get it. You know, I don't think I would become incredible at lighting after one day on set. No way. I just think I would understand it and be like, Oh, I know more than I thought I knew about that job. I think the video you just uploaded today for a lot of other people would take a five man crew, Hmm. but you have been doing this long enough and have been tricked into believing that you have to do everything yourself long enough (laughs) that you did it yourself. And so therefore it's like, I just, I don't think it's any less valuable because yeah, I don't know. I think I've made my point, but um, I want to shout someone out. Okay. I found this really awesome YouTube channel, except he likes Mr. Beast, which is definitely a weak point. He talks about (laughs) Mr. Beast a lot, but, but the channel's name is Jay Alto. um, And he made a video that was really good. Oh, really? Yeah. Back oh, from... Oh, that's weird. Well, back from Twitter. I followed him on Twitter when that was a oh, thing. Oh, sick. Yeah. Oh, I just recently found him through the the godly algorithm sent me him. But um, nice. he made a video about predictions for YouTube on 2024. And one of his... I think I told you this off camera, but one of his predictions is that um, a YouTube video would get nominated for an Oscar for the first time this year. 
And reason being, the Oscars feel so stale and no one gives a flying shit what happens at the Oscars now. And a lot of views and attention are being spent on YouTube already and they're going to try and chase where the attention is just like, you know, cable television is chasing the streaming thing. And it's just like, it's a, it's a really exciting prediction to me because if that's the case, then I, then we're right about all of this. And this is a page turning in filmmaking, which is like, it's becoming far more independent. It's becoming far more possible to be a filmmaker as a solo shooter, filmer, editor. Um, I don't know. I'm just getting, ex I'm excited about this year. I'm stoked about the prospect of like your video that you made today is commercial worthy, I think. And I'm skeptical <laughs> or, or I'm critical. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just Man, think, thank you. yeah, just because you didn't have an electrician and a gaffer and a producer does not mean it's not, I don't know. I think if a crew made that, the whole crew would be stoked. So, Man, thank you. The yeah, world's that... longest, most drawn out digital high five. That <laughs> 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 has astronauts involved. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just, all of this gets me most excited for the fact of maybe potentially getting to be mentioned in the book called the founding fathers of scorpion filmmaking that would just be <laughs> dream come true <laughs> that would be so awesome it's forever now called scorpion filmmaking dude how sick is that because i'm like so hesitant to say oh yeah i'm a filmmaker but i'm like oh yeah i make scorpion films i'm a scorpo filmmaker yeah Dude, like Scorpion Films is pretty freaking <laughs> high. <laughs> there are some good Scorpion filmmakers out there too. Like, it's a rising yeah. genre. I would Man. say. Yeah, it it is. Just hearing you say all that gets me so stoked too. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully that's just. Hopefully that's all good news of being able to. If anything, it's just a mental. <laughs> it's like a mental block, you know. So often you you like tell yourself that YouTube is only for a certain thing, but it's so exciting yeah. to be like, no, it could literally be anything you want. It could be a platform for feature length movies. It could be a platform for whatever. I, that's, that's really exciting. It's such an obvious statement, but that's super, super exciting. It is exciting. And it's also exciting that if you have a good idea for a story, even if your execution isn't as good as a <clears throat> Danny Gewurz or a Hollywood production studio, it's a platform where if the story is engaging and good enough, then it will do well, which is so sick. Suck on that, A24. <laughs> that, is, that is really cool. And um, yeah, I was just thinking about Danny Gewurz earlier when we were having this conversation because I, I heard through the grapevine that, you know, he hired this crew to make this feature length film or whatever. He brought on a crew for this feature film that he made last year, a couple years ago. And I heard through the grapevine that after the fact, he felt like he could do it with an even smaller crew. And it was mm -hmm. already a very small crew by a feature film standards. But I think per your point, because he had been doing so much of it on his own on YouTube for such a long time, he had a producer hire this crew and then realized like, wait, I don't, I don't need that role. I can do that. I don't need that role. I can do that. Um, yeah. That's yeah. just what I heard through the grapevine, but I feel like that's got to be true. Well, I can't say it surprises me all that much because when I think about working with the crew and because I've had the same feeling, it's like, well, it's not legit till I'm organizing a whole schedule full of people with lives and kids and their 
livelihoods rely on this thing doing well and all that. I'm like, well, why do I feel that way? Oh, because that's what the pros do. The pros haven't made anything I like in years. (laughs) Wow, you have not said a truer thing in this entire podcast history. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, another exciting point in all this is like, dude, just the the way that YouTube makes the world so small continues to blow my mind. Like just how easy it makes it to um, connect with ridiculously talented people. And fun uh, example that I wanted to bring up. Name um, drop. (laughs) Name drop. (laughs) Well, no. Uh, do you do you happen to know there's there's a movie that I watch every year in the fall once the weather starts getting a little chilly the leaves start falling I know usually, this am I allowed to say because I know yeah you and I are are usually filming filming dials over the summer and I'm like dude as soon as I get home I'm watching this movie do you know what movie that is it's Paranorman yeah dude Paranorman still never Freaking. seen it but I'm going to I'm going to <laughs> yeah it's like sickest stop motion film um produced by Leica which is like makes all of the best stop motion films um so the fun anecdote is Schaefer's latest video I was just having a good old time snooping through the comments because I was stoked that the video was doing well was stoked to see all the good things people had to say <clears throat> this one guy left a comment just saying like basically your favorite channel He's never joined a channel so quickly. He became a member on your channel and the dude had a ton of subscribers. So I went over to see what he does. He was the animator for Paranorman and he's a member of your channel. (laughs) Yeah. I go over to his channel and he has a a reel of like him making (laughs) animations for Paranorman. It's a simulation, dude. (laughs) I know, dude. I did not know this. Yeah, and how sick is that? The guy that moved the clay figures for Paranorman is a freaking member of Schaefer Nickel YouTube channel. That's so, that's so messed up. I did not Dude. know that. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how to feel about that. It's just that's so exciting, exciting and horrifying. <laughs> Dude, well, I think it's just fully validates everything you just said about like, we we feel like we're this lesser than joke of a hobby silly little youtube boys over here when like that's not the case a guy that works on paranorman can find extreme value in the art that you make on your youtube channel so that's so cool man well shout out to my guy i had i didn't even know that that's so wow that's <laughs> yeah. so cool um yeah well let me just put this out in the, into the universe too There will come a day when either you or I or us collectively will make something where we will both say, that was a fucking film, dude. Yeah. It will happen. It will happen eventually. Yeah, 100%. Man, I'm looking forward to that day. You have just convinced me that I've already made films, but I just, I know the day's coming where that, I actually feel it after we make something like that. So, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. 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 And I like, 
I don't know. My last thought on that is just as a, as an encouragement to anyone making stuff, like it's such common, it's such common advice, but it's just so true that you never know who's watching and who is watching is so, so, so much more important than how many are watching. Like, Oh, that's so true. It's, it, it would not be hard to make a drama channel, you know, just talking about whatever garbage YouTube drama and get a lot of views, or you could make something that you care about, something you dumped your heart and soul into and get way less views, but like you're going to find your people doing that. And every single good work opportunity that I've had in my life has come like just from people seeing my work that I've thrown on the internet, not knowing what it's going to do. Yeah. 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 For sure. It's a super powerful thing. And I think it's only, it's only getting more and more powerful. I do think the one disclaimer I have about it is it takes a really, 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 really long time. (laughs) And it takes a lot of uploading and a lot of filming and a lot of looking at yourself in the mirror saying, why are you doing this? That's the only (laughs) caveat I would say is, it's hard as it's really hard. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. If someone says it's easier than film school, <laughs> I disagree. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. It tests. And that's your... coming from a guy with a business degree. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Hey. Uh I I worked in mechanical engineering for five or six years and I have never done anything harder in my life than YouTube. <laughs> it is so hard. Um, Man, that so, actually is like pretty satisfying to hear yeah. from my, from the, the part of me that feels like I took the wrong life path. <laughs> Loved hearing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if it ever gets too hard, you can just drop out, go through engineering school and get a job <laughs> building robots. That'll be way easier than this. I promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I got to switch this to green. <laughs> Wait, that would be envy. I don't know. <laughs> Envious of enge- engineers. That's perfect. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Oh, wait, that's yellow. Nice. Nice. Um, well, that was, I feel like that was a uh, pretty, pretty swag conversation we just had. What's next <laughs> on the agenda? <laughs> um, what is next on the agenda? You're so good at transitions. I'm just like, well, <laughs> here we go. Buckle up. Um, He's thinking. I'm thinking. What's the thinking color? It's cycling through colors. I don't know. I I don't know that I have any other um, lengthy topics, but I we got some. I feel like we got some little little micro stories we could talk about here. Um, All right. But first, do we have micro dose friends with Benedicts, everybody? (laughs) Yeah. Do 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 we have? Do we get a Schaefer's pick of the week this week? I can I can 
Yeah, I watched something I really enjoyed. I don't know if it's like quite pick of the week worthy though, mm. because it was made by a big stupid studio. But, <laughs> um, but I watched. Have you ever seen documentary now? Like those like stupid fake documentaries by Bill Hader and Fred Armiston and. Oh, I I know of them for sure. I don't know that I've ever seen it. It's pretty fun. Like. I'd seen all of them up until the most recent season and I hadn't checked the most recent season out, but the first two episodes of season four of documentary now are so they're so funny, dude. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was about this. um, It was about this like world traveler, Nat Geo type filmmaker guy who is making this super boring documentary about like some like fish migration and this nowhere, you know, like civilization between Russia and Asia or whatever. And, um, and, um, the network is trying to like double up on their directors. And so they ask if he can also film the pilot to this sitcom at the same time. And so they like build this set, this stupid set for this show called bachelor nanny in the middle of like rural Russia. (laughs) And they're trying to film both at the same time. And it is so good. It's so good. Oh, sick. Okay. I'll have to yeah, add that to so, the list. Yeah. Man. I, I I haven't seen the rest of the season, but those for it's a part one and a part two, and I really enjoyed it. And it's shot on film, which I love. So sick. Wow. Nice. Man, I'm so sorry to everyone that I've been failing on asking for Schaefer's pick of the week for a while because I've been failing on having it though, honestly. I have I've been it's been a dry season when it comes mm. to stuff I'm stoked about but i also haven't been watching as much and Mm. i already don't watch much so (laughs) yeah well yeah i wanted to get a couple updates from you have you watched um saltburn yet no no (laughs) do you have amazon prime yeah i do uh just haven't just haven't cool well just so you know you can watch it on amazon anytime you'd like now you sound like an industry plant right now but (laughs) I've been playing the long con ever since we first started hanging out. It was all a con to get you to watch a movie that would come out Saltburn five years Prime. after we met. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Okay. Going to watch Saltburn. Uh, did you ever watch The Whale? Yeah, I think we talked about The Whale. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to catch up. There's yeah. one other that I wanted to see if you'd watched yet. Hmm. It's not Avatar. Hmm. It's not Oppenheimer. It's not Barbie. It's not. Oh, uh, Nathan Fielder's new show, The Curse. No, but I need to. I want to. Yeah, I haven't either. I've just heard such good things about it, which I'm not surprised at all because that dude cannot cannot miss. Uh, But it's on Paramount Plus, which who gets Paramount Plus? (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure glad I couldn't go to f2movies.com and stream it. <laughs> yeah. Because that would be bad. That's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, that's a good list of things that neither of us have seen. Um, <laughs> in other news for Microdose Friends with Benedicts, for the 1% of people that care, Greg Menard's now on Norco. That's crazy. Um 
next story in the crazy. news. That is hyper niche. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just had to say it because that's insane. What a what a weird world. Yeah, that is. Um, that's what, yeah. Seriously, I. I don't have anything anything practical to talk about anymore. So unless you have any practical topics, I can just dive into some stupid stuff. Did we say anything practical over the last forty seven minutes? I yeah, guess dude. kind of the filmmaker. We decided stuff that we're filmmakers. Practical. Oh yeah, well, that's good. And we decided astronauts aren't astronauts unless they've been to the big beyond. I don't know that we ever came to a conclusion on that because you just gave this whole monologue about how filmmakers are filmmakers regardless of what they make. So I what about am, what about the astronauts? No, <laughs> it's not the same thing, dude. It's not the same thing. Like a sailor sails the sea, a filmmaker makes the film thing, and like the yeah. What I'm saying is the bar for what that is, the bar for what is a film is moving, but it doesn't change the fact that you got to make a you got to make something. <laughs> The astronaut guy just sitting in the spinny box of death is nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> what about cowboys, dude? These days, all you got to do is be a cowboy is throw on a hat and wear some boots and boom, oh, you're a don't cowboy. Don't get me started on cowboys. <laughs> dude, there's more cowboy cosplay in this damn country. I tell you what. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, cowboys. Cowboy Con like, is coming to Denver pretty soon, actually. Oh my gosh. I'm sure there's actual cowboys at Cowboy Con, but I'm sure there's also a bunch <laughs> of guys that just buy shit from Howl Supply that will also be there to buy Carhartt overalls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cowboy What's Con the one? is. What's uh, that Seeger, dude? Yeah, everyone's got like Seager. that, like Seeger. Have you seen those ads on Instagram? You got like a Seeger hat. Yeah, um, I have. That's not the same Seeger that we know, right? Because they're Seeger films. That's different than Cowboy oh, no. Seeger, right? Okay. No, Cowboy, I'm pretty sure. Cowboy Seeger is just, um, that's Cowboy cosplay vibe. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I I have to be careful because, first off, I am a, I'm a proponent of the cowboy aesthetic. I don't think there's anything <laughs> wrong with it. <laughs> Also, a lot of my friends are cowboy cosplayers. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> hey, I have been myself, okay? It's something that happens. Well, send them all down to Cowboy I'm gonna Con. I'm going to have no friends. <laughs> I'm going I'm to have no friends because of this I'm podcast. Sorry. No one will text me. <laughs> I just fully baited you into that, and I'm so sorry because I knew about I knew your feelings about cowboys, and I just I couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, Jake says it a lot, but I feel like I need to say it here now too. I make fun of everything I love. Okay, so if that's you, I love you, and it's fine. That is true, and there's if, humor in all things. If there's one thing. This is like genuine. I'm not even joking around anymore. If there's like one of the biggest things that Schaefer has taught me is like being hypercritical of something or you can be hypercritical of something because you love it. Like mm. in many cases, being hypercritical of it is a sign of just how much you do love that thing because you want it to be its best form and you want to like expect everyone else to give it 
the quality that it deserves or whatever, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Be, being critical or poking fun at a thing doesn't just mean you want to throw it out entirely. It, you can yeah. make fun of something that you genuinely love or enjoy. Oh yeah. The things I truly dislike, I don't even have opinions or thoughts on because they're just not even worth. Yeah. They're not. A, yeah. I, I think it's a huge form. I think it's a huge form of, of a compliment to, to, to care enough about something that it, it, instills in you any emotion other than indifference mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like it's hard to it's hard to make people care about stuff and if you're a cowboy cosplayer you made me care about you at the very least yeah yeah exactly it's that classic... you beautiful son of a gun <laughs> yeah it's the classic like would you rather everyone just like like if everyone in your life had to describe you, would you want them to just say like, oh yeah, he was really nice. Or would you rather them have like, <laughs> you know, divisive opinions or, or strong emotions about who you were? <laughs> oh yeah, he was really nice. But one time he said it was worse to dress up as a Nazi than it was to be one. <laughs> <laughs> you did say that. Was that on this podcast or is that in real yeah. life yeah and i don't stand by that <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah geez well hey just in case people need any more fodder for the fire i played a, a board game called secret secret hitler with Schaefer over new year's where uh it's kind of like mafia one or two people are fascists and Hitler and they don't, they try to not let anyone know and everyone else has to figure him out. Um, long story short, Schaefer is real good at being a, a hidden Hitler and fascist. So <laughs> don't when, he, when he says, what's don't better dressing up as a Nazi or being a Nazi. All I'm saying is he's really good at pretending to be Hitler. That's Dude, all I'm In this economy, dude, let me tell you what, in this particular world climate, that is not what you want to be associated with at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's funny <laughs> yeah kinda but it's also slander yeah no the, the yeah <laughs> uh, I wish I wasn't already on red because I'd put it on red because <laughs> I'm so mad that I was called a oh, I don't know that's kind of a fascist color though it's kind of the fascist color you know, damn it. I can't win with this guy. <laughs> you better make it purple, dude. Purple is very neutral, you know? Oh, oh, pink is like definitely not fascist. <laughs> there you go. It's kind of funny how close pink is to red. Hmm. Hmm. Life. Life. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, next topic in in the <laughs> next topic. <laughs> next topic in microdose friends with Benedicts. Um uh oh, if you have been considering buying a high quality Gore-Tex garment, good rain jacket, something like that, um you should go do it in the next year or two because turns out um one of the main ingredients in almost every 
rain jacket, every Gore-Tex thing, every tech outdoor gear is like this really, really harmful forever chemical plastic that's getting banned in a couple of years. Um, oh, sick. And <laughs> that's going to make my, that makes my video seem so much better now. The, my one about <laughs> the outdoor industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it's bad mostly for the, like the, the byproducts at the factories. Um, there's, there's a mm. tiny bit, there's a tiny, tiny, tiny percent chance that wearing the jacket is bad for you. But like, let's be honest, we're drinking microplastics every day of our life. So I'm not that worried about wearing plastic. Um, yeah. So that's it. The big problem with these plastics is in the byproducts. So you may as well go snag yourself a good rain jacket now while they're still around. And then if you hold it till you have grandkids, your grandkids will be like, no way, Gore-Tex? Gore-Tex was illegal 50 years ago. And you'll be like, that's Dang. right, son. I got and an original. Like, we've, been, <laughs> we've been wet ever since. <laughs> exactly. We'll forever be known as the driest generation in history. <laughs> Dude, do you want to know a secret about rain jackets? Yeah. And there I have no I have no statistics to back this up whatsoever. It's only based on assumption and I think it's pretty solid assumption. There's enough rain jackets that if we stopped making them right now forever, we'd be totally fine. Dude. I strongly believe Amen. that. Amen. Dude, okay, I mean, this is a whole thing that we're, like, totally not qualified to have this conversation, but I feel that exact same way about electric cars. I'm like, my mm. car was made 25, 28 years ago, okay? My car has done more for the environment by the fact that I'm still driving it now than you buying a brand new mega lithium battery that's going to wind up in a landfill in four years. Don't talk to me about all <laughs> yeah. this. It's better for the environment thing. Ugh, that is so also annoying. very, very valid. Just yeah. buy some old stuff. If you need stuff, get old stuff. That's my new life. That's my old life Hell philosophy. Oh, yeah. I got if it you out need of a stuff, dumpster. Get old stuff. I love yeah. it. <sighs> well, yeah. All that to say, <laughs> go buy yourself some Gore Tex before it does exist <laughs> anymore. Yeah. yeah, dude. We used to just wear like. Like Whoa. sheepskin, like big, <laughs> yeah. like big soggy sheepskin, and we were just like, I don't know, it's the best, this is just fine. This yeah, just <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, hey, I may as well just throw in my final microdose point while we're talking about yeah. the city I live in. Um, I just wanted to poke some fun at my my beloved hometown of Denver, Colorado, because I just love. Um, the perception of Denver versus the reality of Denver. And I'm sure you'll have some strong opinions on this. Um, <laughs> first thing, first thing I'm going to say, this is a qualifier. Okay. If you're, if you're from, if you're from the Midwest or you're from the South or anywhere, anywhere else, and you move to Denver and then you move to a mountain town and you start shit talking on Denver, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you haven't earned, you have not earned shit talking Denver when you just happen to move here from the Midwest and then go to the mountains and suddenly think you could talk shit on Denver. You can't do that. <laughs> Only I can shit talk Denver because I've lived here my entire goddamn life. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Now, <laughs> with that qualifier out of the way, <laughs> allow me to dive into my shit talking of Denver. Can I shit talk Denver? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, you've lived in Colorado your whole life. Okay, so. Um, I just think the perception of Denver is so funny because so, so many people move here with these grand dreams of being outdoorsy people and hiking with their dog all of the time and going snowboarding and just fishing in beautiful rivers, all of that. Mm -hmm. The reality of Denver is such an absolute wasteland, dude. Um, <laughs> I don't know if even I would say that about Denver. <laughs> it's a wasteland. Dude, it is, dude. Trust where me. Where you are, maybe, but... <laughs> Not even where I am. I was just reading an article about Rocky Flats, which is this stretch of land between Boulder and Golden. Um, and Rocky Flats is this beautiful kind of flat plain right below exactly. the foothills. Um, it is beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Also, I don't know how many years ago, a while ago, it was a nuclear weapons testing ground. <laughs> and oh. the, the soil is permanently contaminated with plutonium. And oh, it is a wasteland. <laughs> Yeah, dude. And and uh, there is currently a whole bunch of big debates because they're trying to put a new trail through the Rocky Flats. And the debate is basically where to put it because there's so much plutonium contamination oh <laughs> that they don't want people kicking up all the dust of plutonium dust and putting it in the air and infecting people. Oh um, my God. So that's crazy. That's so funny. We also have had oh air God. quality standards um, that we, I think we implemented air quality standards in Denver in like 2004 or something. And the goal was to hit it by 2008. And we still have not hit those 2008 <laughs> numbers in 2024. So... It's just wow, a disaster over here. <laughs> that is a bit of a disaster. That is a disaster. Okay, since since we're doing a little bit of role reversal on this episode, mm -hmm. I'm going to now say some nice things about Denver. <laughs> wow, um, okay. Because because I feel like I feel like okay, again, maybe a little bit of a of a shift in my opinion here, but I think a place is one only as good as you make it and two only as good as the people that you're with there. So my experiences going to Denver lately have been so positive because when I go to Denver, I either go to hang out with you or I go to hang out with, you know, family, a bunch of friends still live out there and everything. And we always do something super fun and Waterworld is in Denver and Elitches <laughs> is in Denver. <clears throat> um, and so I think, I don't know, I think... I, I don't want to be lumped in with the people that just like, <laughs> basically, is I don't want to be lumped in with the people that only talk crap about it because it has a lot of redeeming qualities. Um, I've had a, little good, a lot said, of good times in Denver. Waterworld's there, Elitch's. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, there's stuff you can't do here. Like you could do like, no, I know, there's I know. all kinds of stuff in Denver I could never do here. And there's, yeah. so, many, there's so many more food options. That's one thing that's like killing yeah. me right now. Um, but, but. Um, the one thing I will, I will say extraordinarily, I am, I mean, I don't even have to qualify this. Denver is the spawn point for the cosplay Cowboys. Yeah. 
move from Oklahoma, buy some Carhartt stuff and a Seeger hat, <laughs> grow a mustache. Uh, again, totally. You know, Dude, I'm I'm in the I'm in. That's the why pot that's why you Cowboy guys. Con Cowboy Con is held here every year. Cowboy Con is just what I call uh, the stock show. But yeah, that's why the stock show is oh, here in Denver. Yeah, Cowboy Con yeah. is is where they're all, they're all born from. Yeah, dude, I've known people that I like went to high school with and stuff that just like went cowboy all of, all of a sudden. It's just like <laughs> you just like turn around one day and it's like, oh my god, he is like a cowboy now. And he, <laughs> I know that you went to Platte Canyon High School, my guy, which is not a ranching place. It's just a, it's like basically the butthole of Denver. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. But yeah, all that to say. I still, um, God, I love this place so much. And it's so true. Exactly what you said. Like all, like literally all that matters is who that's around you and what you make of that. Cause, um, yeah, like you said, anytime you come down here, we have the best time ever. Anytime I go up to your hometown, we have the best time ever, ever. Anytime you and I are in literally any random place that we end up in the world. Like we can, I know you and I both can picture how someone could build a good life there. You know, it's just sure. it's so yeah, much sure. up to your, your own mindset. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, Oh, what else was I going to say? Oh yeah. I also think like, as far as like where, where I grew up, grew up in Bailey and then Gunnison and then Denver and everything, I have good and bad memories in all of those places. And I think, that's going to be the case with anywhere. And it's a decision to say, I'm going to predominantly, or I'm going to, I'm going to stack the good memories higher than the bad memories. And, um, it's so fun to make fun of stuff, but yeah, I can't, I can't talk about Denver or Bailey or Gunnison without saying like, I love all of them. Mm -hmm. Places are, are special. Like it is who you're with, like I was saying earlier and what you make of it, but also places are really special and I don't even know what I'm yeah. talking about now. I, I also, I want to make a quick, um, uh, I don't know, qualifier, <laughs> because I just realized, I just, I just said that it's all about your mindset and it's not all about your mindset. <laughs> There's obviously some places that are just like horrible and you need to get out. Like, obviously that's a reality. <laughs> if you're in a true. fucking yeah, like, true. it's all about your mindset and how much plutonium there is in this like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm saying if you're in like a like a war torn, you know, dictatorship oh, or like so yeah. like it's it's not your Damage mindset control. at that point. <laughs> like yeah. like get out of there or like obviously it's not all mindset, but at least, yeah. you know, in the places I've been fortunate enough to visit that are just, you know, perfectly fine places. In that yeah. case, like so much comes down to your mindset. I don't know. A Buddhist monk might disagree with even that. Damn. Yeah. True. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that uh, that concludes Microdose Monday, even though it's Tuesday. Yep. It was great. Thanks. I think as far as apologies go, I probably would have to have a podcast length <laughs> podcast <laughs> to cover everyone I called out in this episode. <laughs> so I'll just do one blanket 
Maybe I'll just put a big apology blanket right over the city of Denver and call that good. <laughs> I apologize to everyone in Denver. Hmm. Okay. Just Denver, huh? No additional apologies? Well, like I said, I could... <laughs> I, I like kind of got lost in the sauce today. <laughs> nah, you're fine. Um, I'm sorry to Christina Hammock that the goddamn patriarchy is screwing up this moon mission and oh, keeping you on the ground. Yeah, you'll be an you're astronaut officially invited someday. On the pod. Yeah, uh, Christina, Christina maybe. Hammock, if you're listening, please come on to our prestigious podcast <laughs> stranger things have happened man. <laughs> um yeah hey maybe someday we can get paranorman animator guy on the podcast that'd be really really sick that would be sick. i guess i i guess i have a pretty one way ticket to asking him about it <laughs> um yeah other than that that's all i've got um yeah oh i just want to say please do do me a favor and subscribe on youtube because i really just want to make schaefer suffer for three and a half hours to watch oh my god avatar <laughs> so subscribe we'll start we'll start ending the podcast with apologies and then you go subscribe and then i go no please god no <laughs> <laughs> don't subscribe unsubscribe <laughs> just subscribe to get us to a thousand and then you can unsubscribe again yeah yeah also for the real one since only the people who really listen are going to care about this this is what a, a carbon made. shaft club that's right this no is what a way PX4 looks like baby wow yeah. dude i'm not gonna lie over facetime it looks like a three dollar piece of plastic <laughs> that's so funny it kind of does <laughs> it's right, sick though it looks sick <laughs> well cool dude cool pin that's awesome whoa <laughs> clubs thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, amen. Amen. Amen.